Welcome to the 67th episode of the Baseball Eyes Have It podcast. I am Chris Blessing, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Brent Hershey. Haven't seen him for two weeks, and here he he's come back home. Uh, we have a good show ahead of us, including looks at a few MLB arms who have turned around their careers with some modifications this season. We'll also check in on some prospects traded. In the last few days, even even including today, as we record here on Monday, uh, before getting to some live looks from last week. But first, Brent, how are you? And welcome back. No, thanks. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, we're recording this on the Monday, and um, I kind of every year forget sort of the the baseball HQ duties that we have. It's just uh, when when the trade deadlines hit, there's just extra stuff <laughs> going on. Uh, a lot and of course we're in the middle of that now and uh for all we know you know there'll be something breaks while we're chatting here um and uh but it's been uh busy as far as the major leaguers anyway um switching teams uh, but it's all good and um yeah looking for i'm looking forward to, to the uh to the show this week for sure uh how are you doing in your neck of the woods uh, doing well. Uh, this was a busy day at my day job. Um, probably the busiest day that we'll have all year. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that that's over with. And uh, now we're moving on. We actually just had a deal come through. Uh, uh, the Athletics have uh, um, traded away Sam Bowl to the Reds uh, uh, for Joe Boyle, the pitching prospect. Uh, quick oh, yeah. scouting report on Boyle since I've seen Boyle uh, a bunch over the last couple of years. Uh, high velocity fastball, very low strike rate, but a lot of swings and misses. Uh, has a pretty, uh, I would say, three plus pitches if he could command any of them. But unfortunately, his overall strike rate is fifty-seven percent. Uh, so a guy who throws hard, who looks dominant at times. Uh, I I saw him mow through a uh, very good uh, Montgomery team last year. Uh, second game of a double header, but unfortunately, I, I've also seen him absolutely crap the bed and can't find the strike zone, and then all of a sudden give hard contact up because he has to put the fastball right down the plate, and uh, that sort of thing happens. So, quick scouting report right there on Joe Boyle, uh, probably a late inning arm if he does make it. Sounds good. I mean, the, where we're going to head next is, uh, you know, could we could call it the hope for Joe Boyle because yeah, uh, I'm looking at a couple. I'm, I'm I uh, I'm interested in a couple guys that I have seen over the past several years uh, in the minors and uh, who have uh, just in the past months, a couple months, um, really sort of uh, blossomed in the majors. Yes. And so I was interested in uh, uh, just going back and and taking a look at. Uh, revisiting some of the things that uh, I had noted when I saw them uh, several years ago and, in the minors and and then kind of looking at them now and kind of what has changed. So. And here's something great, Brent. Both of these guys, well, one of these guys, both of them have been traded in their careers. But one of these guys was a, a, a deadline deal last year. Yeah. Um, was uh, Luis Medina, who's a, now a right-handed pitcher for the Oakland Athletics. He was mm-hmm. a guy that both you and I saw. I saw him very early in his development. You saw him later uh, with those Yankee uh-huh. farm teams. Uh, yep. This year, 535 ERA overall, but a 1.467 whip, too, uh, which doesn't look that pretty. However, he's pitched better of late. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, I mean, there was a time, I think if I remember correctly, uh, you you kind of put a rule in place that we weren't allowed to talk about Medina. Uh, yeah, when- <laughs> and I thought that was funny today that you brought it up, and I, I thought you were joking at first. But uh, then I actually went and looked at recent uh, lines uh, of his yeah. appearances, and it looks like Medina has actually turned the corner. Uh, so yeah. what what do you have on that? Yeah, there's some interesting stuff, and mainly it's in July, uh, four appearances, you know, a 2.86 uh, ERA, a 105 whip, um, and most impressive, 
uh, 27 uh, strikeouts to five walks uh, in wow. those in those 22 innings. Um, and certainly when I saw him, when we saw him, when I saw him last in double A a couple of years ago, um, that was the big thing is just the, he didn't have control or command of, of where his pitches were going. Um, I noted at that point that he really looked the part of an MLB starter. I mean, he's athletic, uh, lean, you know, loose athlete, uh, ball comes out easy, um, Fastball when I saw him was uh, was comfortably uh, 95, 96, um, and he had a, a, a inconsistent um, curveball. But when it was on, it was one of those things that got a lot of uh, swings and misses uh, to it. But again, just just walked uh, tons of batters. Um, there was a little bit of a change up there, um, but nothing that uh, you know it was distant kind of third pitch. And I remember talking about that and then my sort of conclusion that's like, well, I mean, it looks like a, looks like a possible, you know, probably a bullpen arm. Um, you know, if you could find the, find the breaking ball, um, to get that more consistent, um, have two dominant pitches, uh, that's probably where, uh, he'll end up. Um, but what, uh, what's kind of happened in the interim actually during this year, um, is uh, he used to be just a four-seamer guy and has added a sinker, um, especially in July, uh, June and July. And so now kind of in this stretch, he sort of has three pitches right in that kind of 25 to 31% usage range. Um, yes. In a four-seamer, a, a sinker, and, um, and really a slider, which is his really um, best, uh, best whiff pitch. Um, getting some amazing swings and misses on, on the slider and what, you know, what kind of stood out to me uh, several years ago um, for a breaking pitch was like a slower curveball. Um, still uses that once in a while, but it's, it's, uh, it's not really developed into, um, you know, into a big secondary pitch. He has this uh, 85 mile an hour, you know, good, hard, uh, uh, you know, current phase, you know, current phased uh, slider that uh, has really uh, helped him step forward. Um, and he's, you know, he's still sitting 96, 97. I mean, there's starts where uh, you can go back to his log and he'll uh, touch a hundred even, uh, you know, a couple of times. Um, and, um, but it's the, I think, you know, when you go, when you go back to Savant or any of these other uh, Brooks, I would ha- I think have it too. And you can kind of see, throughout the year where, um, you know, the sinker usage went up and the slider or, or the, excuse me, the four seamer has gone down um, and the sliders right in there and having kind of this arsenal that he can, that he's mixing and matching um, has really, uh, really helped him step forward. The other, the other interesting thing is kind of, again, on Savant, like the, the heat maps, you can see that, you know, the four seamer, I mean, it's, it's more defined this year and it's, there's, I think he needs to be careful. There's a lot of four seamers that are ending up right in the middle of the plate. Um, yes. Still. And I know when I saw him uh, at double A, that's one thing I noted is that the, you know, the fastball had really good velocity, but the double A batters were getting on it. I mean, they were getting some hard hits off of the fastball, but again, I think that when, um, you know, he's keeping the sinker, this new sinker kind of down uh, in the zone more and uh, and again, uh, being able to really nicely locate the slider uh, down and away to uh, right-handers, uh, you know, has has really uh, has really I think uh, helped him emerge. So yeah, it uh, looks like it looks like he's elevated, Brent, uh, uh, mm-hmm. to at least a solid back end starter, possibly maybe even a mid rotation guy. Uh, you know, looking at, you know, as you pointed out, the two seamer, I kind of dug a little deeper and looked at some of the uh, yeah. some of the stats here. And it's essentially given him an average strike pitch at this point. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have that with his four seamer. Uh, right. Even during this stretch, his four seamer has been a strike only 62 percent of the time uh, yeah. since the beginning of July, uh, which is below average. But an average the, the sinker's at 67%. So being able to throw a fastball at average, I know that's only a 
five percent difference, but it's huge, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It is big to be able to, uh, you know, at that at that level to be able to kind of uh, just throw strikes. You said throw strikes with it, put the ball where uh, where you want it, and I think there must be, you know, there must be something about the the shapes of those two pitches that are enough uh, different that it's uh, you know keeping keeping hitters off of off of both of them. Yeah, so, and and, uh, and also looking at that slider, the sixty percent, near sixty percent swing and miss rate in this yeah. little time period too. I mean, yeah, yeah, and wow, watch, dude. Yeah, when you watch, uh, if you happen to go back and watch uh, a couple starts, I mean, you'll you'll notice that right away. That's been uh, consistent throughout these throughout these uh, four or five outings here in July. Um, so it's kind of kind of fun to see that, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective to have something like that pop up i mean it'll be you know like everything kind of uh, how long can uh, he sustain it there's those do hitters adjust and he needs to readjust but uh i've always liked the you know the body the athleticism uh there and of course the velocity so it's uh, exciting once that comes together and being able to kind of uh locate things um better than he's what he's and what he's done and he's gotten good results uh on here and and you know the teams that he's faced in july too he's faced uh some uh, solid yeah, Boston, yeah, yeah solid Boston, clubs yeah boston twice uh houston once and then just over the weekend uh faced colorado but it was in cores and kind of you know did not uh did not lose his shirt there which is uh always always a good always a good thing yes and being able to throw that sinker there He's yeah. always a plus, always a plus. Um, okay. Moving on to the next guy, uh, yeah. a left-handed pitcher for the Phillies, uh, Christopher Sanchez. Yeah. A dude a dude that we've made fun of a little bit on this show. Not necessarily yeah. made fun of, I should say. But pointed out that he got traded for a really good prospect, uh, um, Curtis Mead from the right. Rays, who has yet yeah. to, yet to um, emerge into the major leagues. But... Uh, Sanchez is having a really good year. 2.66 ERA, 0.908 whip. Uh, Brent, where did this come from? Yeah, that's this one's a little more, uh, yeah, a little, a little more baffling to me. Uh, having seen Sanchez since the trade several times, uh, mostly kind of in AAA starts over the past couple of years uh, at Lehigh Valley, it was just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of another guy. Didn't throw exceptionally hard. Um, didn't have pinpoint command, um, another sort of lean athletic body, uh, that, you know, was semi-interesting, but, um, you know, again, thrown from the left side, uh, barely cracking 90, you know, gets, gets a pitch to more pitch to contact guy, gets some ground balls, but just, uh, nothing that stood out. And over the past, uh, three years, he's really been up and down guys come in and pitch for relief. Uh, for the Phillies for a little bit, I'll go back down. Um, and it seemed like uh, he was still on the trajectory from, from my perspective of kind of, you know, being that swing guy um, ending up as a middle reliever at some point, um, you know, never having much of a career and certainly not someone that you would think about being able to trust uh, as a back end starter in the rotation. Um, but yeah, but this year since, uh, Coming up in mid-June, I mean, you mentioned a couple things, eight starts, sub-three ERA, uh, sub-one whip. Um, and uh, it's basically, again, tied to his walk rate, which had been, you know, pretty consistently 9%, 11% um, in the minors and in, in his other uh, major league uh, experiences, times he was up to the Phillies. But he's, like, trimmed that down to – well, it's a pretty amazing, like 4% in these eight starts. And, you know, I mean, that's not really, uh, of course, sustainable over the long haul, but the thing is he's keeping, uh, you know, his sinker down in the zone. Uh, he's using his change up much more, uh, against, uh, righties here in the majors, um, up from kind of a 20% usage to 29% here more recently. And just being able to keep guys, uh, off, off hard contact basically has one of the, I think his like, you know, he's a long lean guy. His extension uh, is out up in like kind of the 90th percentile. Uh, so the ball's coming out, you know, closer to home plate, which, uh, you know, kind of makes up for, uh, makes up for the velocity. And I, uh, you know, I think there's some deception in his delivery. It's kind of a crossfire 
uh, you know, deceptive delivery in that sense. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, again, kind of, uh, a little bit different than Medina because I didn't even really see or recognize, you know, kind of the raw stuff that you saw that I saw with like, or that we saw, uh, with like Medina and, um, now he's just, uh, I mean, Sanchez has just been a command and control guy that's really, um, you know, for the time being anyway, kind of stabilized that number five spot um, in the Phillies rotation. Yeah, it's been it's been a pretty good run for uh, for Sanchez. 72% strike rate with his sinker. Uh, very, very low swing and miss rate. So there's, there's some regression there that's likely going to come. But, like, yeah. if he continues to get uh, – high changeup uh, swing rate um, right now, chase rate 45% uh, in the major leagues, which is, is exceptional for a changeup, uh, especially from a yeah. lefty that's this crafty. Uh, like again, yes. Could it regress? Yes. Uh, but like this guy's probably not a bad back end of the rotation starter now. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the thing we, you mentioned it too, is that, yeah, I mean, he's never been a high strikeout guy and this is definitely more a pitch to contact, uh, type, um, you know, weak contact. I mean, it does remind me a little bit, same team, uh, you know, several years ago and Ranger Suarez came up at the end of that one season and had a really good run. Um, this, I mean, similar kind of lefties with the, uh, you know, change up heavy and, and mixing and curveball, not overpowering uh, kind of pitch to contact guys. A lot of the metrics for uh, for Suarez at that point were indicated he was really over his head as far as um, ERA and whip and, and that kind of thing. And, and that sort of bore itself out the next year. But right now, again, small, um, you know, whatever it is, eight starts or whatever, um, this seems to have a little more uh, teeth to it. But but I, I think, um, you know, we can expect certainly some some regression of the mean, too. But uh, but, hey, if he if he is able to control the walks uh, more longer term, like he's done in this uh, stretch, um, there'll be some uh, there'll be some useful innings from uh, Sanchez for sure. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Um, well, this is a perfect time, Brent, for us to take a break. And see who Patrick has on his on as his guest this week on the latest episode of Baseball HQ Radio. Hey, eyes have it, listeners. Patrick David here from the Baseball HQ Radio podcast. This week's pod is another great Friday full edition, featuring an expert interview with Jason Collette from RotoWire and the Sleeper and the Bust podcast. He'll be discussing his fine fantasy season so far, whether rising statistical tides lift all players' boats, how some of his preseason bold predictions turned out, including Mitch Keller, Michael Harris, Carlos Estevez, and various Lowe's, Lowe's, and Garrett's. Plus, we'll have a little diversion into curling and his boons and banes. Plus, we'll have all the usual great stuff, news analysis with Chris Olson from BaseballHQ.com and our Baseball HQ commentaries. That's Jason Collette, available now on this week's Friday Full Edition of the podcast with Fantasy Baseball Intelligence for Winners. It is Baseball HQ Radio, and I sure hope you'll join us. Thank you, PD. Don't forget to tune in to the award-winning Baseball HQ Radio. Uh, At your favorite podcaster, log on to BaseballHQ.com and look for the Baseball HQ Radio widget, which is right next to our widget, Brent. Uh, you know, always a good, always a good time with uh, with Patrick. I, I always has great guests. Yes, uh, he does a, a great long-standing uh, yep. podcast, and it's good to uh, good to have both. Uh, Ooh, subscribe. We just had a trade. Uh oh, what um, do you got? We got the Cubs and Royals swap two guys that aren't prospect. Jose Queers, uh, the reliever for outfielder oh, yeah. Nelson uh, Velasquez. Um, Aha. So. Not much to talk about. Another puzzling move by the Royals, who made maybe the most puzzling move of the whole um, the whole deadline so far, um, trading away. Um, oh God, that Massey kid, right? That's who they traded away. Uh, no, Nicky Lopez. Right? Nicky Lopez to create room for Massey, and yeah. like Nicky Lopez was clearly better than the guys that they acquired. So like uh, for the or the guy they acquired, which was Taylor Hearn who yeah. had been available for cash 
earlier in the yeah. week. Yep. Oh, my right, God. So I've got a question for you. Are the Royals the new Rockies? Is that what's going on now? Dude, I, I don't know. This this might be the worst. That that might be one of the worst deals I've ever seen, even, even like bad for the Rockies type deal. So they might actually <laughs> but, be the worst. Uh, but, you know, but Nelson Velasquez, is he's was an AFL MVP. So, he he was and he hit so many home <laughs> runs and he I mean he had a pretty good run last year with the Cubs like not pretty good but a yeah. long run uh only hit 241 and uh mm-hmm. you know it was it was uh, actually lower than that I'm sorry he has uh, he hit 241 this year with the Cubs uh yeah. he's uh, 205 last year so I guess he's had a little bit of an improvement in his cup of coffee this year but he has uh nine total home runs in his career uh 210 average uh with a 696 ops so uh i mean he's a platoon bat on the wrong side of the platoon if if it actually works out yeah throw him into the kyle isbell uh Olivares sort of pile and uh drew <laughs> waters and see what comes out i guess right <laughs> yep <laughs> All right. Uh, so, I, you know, I know you've been working hard uh, on our top prospects traded article, which is uh, uh, just to recap just quickly. Uh, after every trade deadline this time of year, uh, Chris puts together for us on the site a uh, kind of a ranking of all the prospects that were traded um, in deals Um which is, uh, you know, just good as we all reorient that way. And I think it's really helpful. I know the subscribers uh, that play in mono leagues, uh, you know, AL only or NL only, um, enjoy to to know about the folks, the players that have traded uh, leagues. And so we have separate lists for that, you know, players that weren't available in the NL that have come from AL teams, uh, that, that kind of thing. So we're going to do a quick preview of sorts for here since we're partway through. And we're just going to run down three prospects uh, who Chris is, who will be in the article. And Chris is kind of, uh, and we're going to get some updated reports on them. Um, the first is probably the prospect that was involved in the biggest trade so far, again, up through uh, Monday night here. And that is... Yeah, that is the deal that took uh, that sent uh, Max Scherzer from the Mets to the Rangers, um, along with a boatload of cash. Uh, and coming back to the Mets uh, is uh, uh, Luis Angel Acuna, um, Ronnie's little brother. Um, and I know uh, he was certainly, um, you know, had 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 some. Uh, had had some good seasons and had kind of risen up the Rangers rankings. Um, what's your impressions or what uh, can you tell us about Acuna? Well, first off, just kind of letting the readers know this, this is a harder list than I had last year. Uh, last year we were going to have bigger, bigger prospects moved. Uh, Acuna is our second highest on our list. We'll talk about the first highest on our uh, midseason top 50 prospect list. We have Acuna ranked, 25. Um, so I got to see Acuna last year um, and and liked what I saw. I didn't think he was going to be the 25th best prospect. Granted, it's a down, down time right now, to be honest. Uh, I think in the midseason, he'll be around top 50, um, not necessarily top 25. And we also have some writers here at Baseball HQ like him a little more than I do. Uh, just watching the... Uh, um, you know, statistic-wise, it, it's a it's a very it's been an improved player, but I still kind of see some of the things that I saw back in 2022 when he was playing for Hickory, which was the High A Rangers affiliate. It still is, uh, but he's no longer with the with the Rangers, so uh, I guess whatever. Um, but anyway, uh, Acuna swing looks very reminiscent of his uh, brother. Ronald, uh, same swing mechanics, uh, swing, same setup, same swing, really. Uh, uh, just not as not as uh, uh, spectacular. The the <laughs> we're talking. Uh, Ronald has plus plus bat speed. Uh, Acuna has plus bat speed. Acuna also doesn't really have a good approach. Uh, while he's shown some improvement this year in Double A uh, with uh, laying off pitches, he's still a high swing guy. 
so he's a, he's a guy that will swing a lot of pitches, make hard contact. He the home runs haven't necessarily come yet. It's a flatter plane than his brother, uh, but I do expect the home runs to come. I think that there's above average to plus home run power in his swing. I just don't like his bat as an BA type guy or an on base percentage type guy. Uh, and I think that's where I differ from some of the other evaluators, both here at Baseball HQ and then also um, throughout baseball. I think uh, throughout baseball, I'm, I might be one of the low guys on Acuna. Uh, Speed-wise, I think that's what makes it uh, very attractive for people, uh, for evaluators. He is a fast uh, – he looks fast in when you look at statistics, but – uh, I never got a plus run speed on him. I thought that uh, on the bases, he was very instinctive, and which, which could play up. You just never know. But I, I always saw above average speed. I've heard that in the outfield, he has dabbled in the outfield. He's, he's listed as a shortstop. Uh, he has shown plus run tool as he's got going, essentially. Um, uh, defensively, his arm's kind of taxed for shortstop. Uh, while I've seen other shortstops like Dansby Swanson make it at the position, a lot of it is uh, for for Swanson is anticipation and being at the right place at the right time with a good first move. Uh, that's yeah. where Acuna, where Acuna I haven't not quite seen that uh, sort of thing. So I worry that his arm will not be enough for shortstop. Uh, so that kind of leaves second base. Left field, center field. He's he's a good enough athlete to play center field, uh, but for me, he probably fits in at second base best. I I'll, though another good thing this year too is uh, there have been reports that he has improved uh, with his hands on the infield uh, when he has played there. So uh, we're we're looking at a kid that might be more in in the fantasy realm. Probably is a uh, solid uh, average type, uh, solid regular. Uh, yeah. a eight player. Uh, but yeah. in like real world, he might actually be a little less than that. It might be more of an average player, role five type player. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's interesting. I think there's going to be considerable hype because uh, he's going to be probably one of the two or three best prospects traded at the deadline. Um, yeah. And also, I, you know, like I said, we we have a high ranking on him and we're not the only ones. This is yeah. a this is a really rough year to be a prospect guy making a midseason list. It's actually uh, sometimes impossible. Uh, we had so many different guys in our various top 55s that we we included that didn't make our internal top 50, like more than we've ne- ever had before. So yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a very interesting thing, but like kids 25th ranked on our list and really and truly that's where he was until these draft guys were kind of added to the equation. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, I think part of the hype probably is that, uh, you know, and there's going to be that uh, 42 under the stolen base column this year um, at, at their double-A Frisco, uh, 42 for 47 in stolen bases. And uh, it's another guy that uh, that we that, uh, we got eyes on uh, at the Arizona Fall League. He played there uh, last year. And um, one thing that I – you know, certainly notices, uh, yes, the swing looks similar to his brother's, but the body is quite different. Um, he's certainly, uh, just a smaller build. Um, and I think that certainly has something to do with, like you said, just, the uh, just not the, quite the explosiveness, uh, there, um, that, um, you know, that his brother possesses, which of course is, uh, an outlier, but, uh, still kind of needs to be said. I mean, that, that there's just, uh, uh, you know, it's not um, the whole package is is not uh, as much as uh, as Ronald's basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So uh, second guy on our list um, is someone that I think sort of you know uh, through last season. Um, I I know. I, I mean, you talked a good bit about and uh, got a good bit of hype uh, over the off season, and that is uh, a deal that happened today where uh, Cleveland sent. Uh, Aaron Savale to Tampa for uh, first base prospect Kyle Manzardo. Um, catch us up on what uh, just a quick profile of Manzardo and wh- how he's uh, progressed uh, this year. 
He's having a really rough year in AAA. Uh, he's currently on the uh, injured list with a shoulder injury uh, that he suffered uh, playing first base. Uh, he's he's limited to first base. He's a first base only prospect. However, like the reports that I've heard haven't been terrible. Uh, we have him ranked 21st among our top 50 at midseason. He's probably more uh, like a top 40 guy come uh, come the off season. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said. They they drafted or they traded him injured, but he he's a guy that got uh, was a surprise second round pick in 2021 uh, from from the baseball school of Washington State, uh, not oh. not necessarily known as as a power in the pack uh, pack 12 or soon to be uh, Mountain West Conference because uh, it sounds like that that conference is going to be uh, breaking up soon. Uh, however, uh, guy walks a lot. Uh, hits gets the hard contact a lot uh, and doesn't really strike out too much either. Uh, this is a guy that uh, last season uh, was almost a dude that 59 walks to 65 strikeouts. So he's a dude that doesn't swing and miss a lot. I think this year he was trying maybe a little too hard to get to get to some power early and was was you know flying open at times. Uh, some some rough mechanical stuff kind of kind of trickled in uh there's been some other reports that uh you know he's been dealing with some other things as well uh but overall like i haven't dinged him that much as a prospect i think that he is probably uh most definitely cleveland indians uh first baseman of the future now i said the indians that's another 20 the another dollar into the thing oh my god the cleveland guardians i apologize folks uh that's a dollar into the jar uh, I'm gonna have to pay. I'm gonna have to pay uh, Brent when we get out there because I've made more of those mistakes this year than he has. But uh, anyway, it, it, it's a doubles, triple, doubles, not triples, doubles and home run type bat. Uh, we're talking about 25 home run uh, power with potential for 40 plus doubles. Uh, you know, it, year in year out, guy that walks gets on base. Uh, I mean. You gotta love him if you're on base percentage league. He's he's a he's really kind of a top prospect there, um, but again, um, kind of stuck at first base, and it's probably more like just like Acuna, solid uh, regular in fantasy. Uh, it, it's what it is. He's first base. That's that's a hard plateau yeah. to to get above yeah. that. So does he, you know, just quickly, I mean, does he, I mean, it sounds like to me, he sort of fits that, that what seems to be sort of the Cleveland model of like, you know, guys that get on base that, uh, you know, that lack like big time power. Is that yeah. fair? And like with, and like, where does he fit with Josh Bell being there for another year and Naylor being there? I mean, is this, uh, just curious. He's a better hitter. He's a better hitter than what they normally have. Uh, the pedigree that's been coming up recently um, yeah. with the combination of power. But like, I would guess that one of those guys are on their way out uh, during the offseason. It just really kind of depends who it is. Or, yeah. you know, maybe they want Manzardo to be truly ready uh, for for the big leagues. But uh, you know, I've heard people say this was a surprising move. Uh, Savali is pitching over his head um, mm-hmm. completely right now. I mean, if you look at the reveals, they're they're pretty bad um, yeah. compared to how good he's been. So, and the Rays really needed an arm. So, I think this is a deal that really works out for both clubs. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, and the third one here um, was in the um, CJ Crone and Randall Grichik trade. Um, and that is left-handed uh, pitcher Mason Albright, um, who's now with uh, now with Colorado. Yeah, uh, the two pitchers went over in this deal. Jake Madden, who just can't find the strike zone, uh, probably has a higher upside than Mason Albright. Uh, but he's going to Colorado. Best case scenario with that guy is probably a late inning reliever. Uh, Mason Albright looks like a dude that will be a back of the end of rotation type pitcher if everything kind of goes right for him. Uh, Washington this year, uh, some video appearances. He was pitching for uh, Island Empire, Empire Island, whatever they call it. Uh, I always get that one. Inland uh, Inland Empire. I'm sorry. Inland Island. Empire. Inland Empire. Um, 
it's a three quarters delivery. Um, he's shorter stature. Like honestly, when I was watching him on video, kind of reminded me a bit of a former Rockies pitcher who um, um, pitched for several teams. Uh, Mike Hampton, kind of um, how hmm. he throws the pitch, how he delivers the pitch. Stuff is clearly not where Mike Hampton's stuff was in Mike Hampton's career, even even with Mike Hampton young. Um, Albright's thrown a little harder than he has in the past. Uh, he's sitting kind of in the 90 to 94 realm instead of the 88, 89, uh, 91 realm that we've had him in the past. Uh, it, it, throwing strikes, not necessarily a high uh, the whiff guy, uh, but getting the job done with some uh, some little spice and command and control and that sort of thing. Uh, throws two breaking balls. They're very distinctive. Um, and they've made, remained distinctive this year. He throws uh, a very short uh, two-plane slider um, and then also throws a, um, uh, I guess you would call it a sweeping curveball. Uh, very, very reminiscent from just a higher um, release point than what like Nick Lodolo throws with his curveball. Um, yeah. I'm not saying he's Nick Lodolo, obviously, just like I'm saying he's not Mike Hampton. But I like to use his examples since that's something that people have seen in sure. the big leagues before. Um, right. I think this is more of a, a back end starter. But I think that while the other guy, Jake Madden, might get the, the press because he's a higher rated Prospect overall, I think Mason Albright's the bigger bang for your buck. He's also a guy just like Manzardo, just like Acuna that I've seen in the past. I saw Mason Albright when he was at IMG Academy um, in high school. He was actually a, uh, a, expected to be a first rounder um, the in his draft year. Unfortunately, uh, he had some setbacks. He wasn't as good as he had previously been. And then also the they they signed him I think eleventh or twelfth round and he still signed for one point something million dollars so like uh, mm-hmm. there was a lot of hope on here and this was uh, you know the Angels have drafted a lot of pitchers in the last several years uh, you know of course he gets thing now that he goes to Colorado but uh, at least potential big league arm for the Rockies yeah sounds uh, yeah sounds good and uh, you know. Good luck in Colorado, I guess. <laughs> the question. Uh, finish it up here. Um, you got out to the ballpark last week also to check on several Rays prospects, um, all guys that we've covered in the past couple of years um, on both the podcast and, and or at the website. Um, you just got to see uh, Junior Caminero, uh, which obviously again. is a big, a big get. Right, to see him again. Um, what... Uh, what stood out to you about that? I know for sure I was, uh, that was one of the highlights, uh, for me, uh, seeing him at the futures game. Um, well, but I, I was told by a guardian's contact that I can't post, uh, uh, junior Caminero video on Twitter anymore. Um, <laughs> or I may never hear from them again. Um, so, um, as people know, Caminero was, uh, acquired, uh, from the guardians for a, uh, relief pitcher that has bounced around and has still yet to make his major league debut. Uh, so like, it's been a, it's been a it, rough, uh, deal for the guardians to swallow and maybe yeah. scared off some people today. Cause, uh, you know, they, uh, made another trade with the, uh, Braves and it hasn't necessarily worked out, uh, in the past. Uh, so maybe some of them are, a little scared. Some of their fans are scared about the Manzardo deal, but I think he's a real deal. Just like I think Caminero is potentially a superstar. Uh, currently in my own personal top uh, uh, 50 list, he is ranked fifth overall. Wow. The guys that uh, have not debuted, I haven't put the draft guys in. Um, he's the second best pitcher, a pitcher, second best prospect in uh, um, Southern league right now. Uh, I got to see him in high A in the South Atlantic League uh, earlier this year. Gave my full scouting report. Uh, it's on BaseballHQ.com. Not much has changed there. Um, I think what I really noticed uh, so far in his in, in my look, uh, which includes some video looks and this live look in, in the Southern League, is uh, Caminero is developing a uh, an approach at the plate. Um, it's been a mid-season change. 
uh, he went from a place that was like child's play to him to something that was a bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while he's not like posting the huge numbers right now, he's still hitting the ball really hard. I got a single off the bat. I got a few hard hit balls foul. Um, it's still a uh, opposite field, center field to opposite field swing. Uh, that's where most of his power's at right now. He, he hasn't brought that that plus power to the game yet. I, I did get to see his, uh, his batting practice this time and saw him uh, absolutely demolish uh, to all fields, yeah. uh, which was very, um, very good. Uh, very, yeah. very good to see and all that good stuff. Uh, I think we can call him a third baseman going going forward. I think the days of him playing shortstop are are uh, have been exceeded. Um, mm-hmm. But the improvements that I've seen this uh, during this year has just bolstered the pro- the um, prospect uh, report yeah. that I did at the site uh, a few weeks ago, a few months ago now. Uh, so uh, again. I'm not telling any of our listeners anything you all already don't know. This this kid, this cat is really going to be uh, a a player uh, at the big leagues. I, I think he could be a potential all star. Um, yeah. But it, it's just good to see that a 19, well now 20 year old, just barely 20 year old, uh, yeah. is making the sort of adjustments that he's making. And just a quick update: if you guys have been following since the all star break and haven't jumped off the Jackson Chorio. Bus, uh, who's the best prospect in the Southern League right now? He is absolutely dominating right now. He's finally yeah. comfortable right. again. Uh, I think not having to face that ball uh, ever again, hopefully, in uh, Southern League, as we've talked about on several broadcasters, they used a special tack in the first half. Uh, yeah. That that tack is gone on the baseball. Um, just just looking really good right now. And looking like the prospect I think everybody expected he'd be, uh, even though uh, he's 19 years old and some people got a little down on it because uh, he didn't produce like uh, they expected him to at this level. Yeah. No, good stuff on uh, Caminero for sure. Uh, You also got to see right-handed pitcher Cole Wilcox. Um, And, uh, yeah, like, like the other ones here. Uh, guys that you've seen before, what uh, what did you witness with Wilcox at this point? A little confession: I didn't actually go and see him. I uh, ah. I it was so hot and humid last week that uh, my wife told me that I probably needed to stay at home. <laughs> I looked very pale, and I needed to I needed the night off. Uh, wow, so instead, I watched the video of him <laughs> and actually had a friend of mine who was uh, watching him as well. Uh, and I, I've scouted Cole Wilcox so many times. So what I was kind of, I think it's now, I think it's been 13 in-time, per, uh, um, in-person oh, wow. times and uh, several video looks. Uh, what I was looking for, this is a guy that's recovered from uh, Tommy John surgery. I'm looking for his uh, pre-surgery form, whether that was back or not. Uh, the delivery is very much the same. Um, still don't like the leg lift. It's stiff. Um, it, it's very, um, uh, can't really explain it, but it, it's just a very stiff look. Uh, he repeats really well, throws strikes. Uh, the fastball is, is, I mean, the velocity is not back. I, I, I saw him throw harder both at UGA and uh, in high school. Uh, he's sitting in the low 90s right now. Uh, uh, the touch is 95 and, and like pre-surgery, he was maybe averaging about 93, 94. So it was more closer to the, the mid rotate, uh, mid nineties than, than what it is so far this year. Uh, the slider still looks really good. I just, that's really the only swing and miss pitch I see. And I don't really see the pitch mix uh, as a starter. And I, I, that was something I had uh, more of an issue with, not when he was in high school, but more of an issue when he was in college. I just didn't see the bona fide starter uh, that a lot of others saw, including the San Diego Padres, who gave him a lot of money and drafted him. Um, I don't know what the Rays think of him. Rays like to collect a lot of guys that have different shapes, a lot of different uh arm slots, a lot of different pitch shapes as well and sequencing type deals. 
I think Wilcox kind of fits more as that multi-inning guy that the Rays have. Um, just does a lot of a lot of things that that you could do one time through the batting order, but maybe not multiple yeah. times through the batting order. Yeah, makes sense. Sounds like a good spot uh, for him at least at this point. And then finally, uh, Logan Workman, who's also a right-handed pitcher, um, again in the Rays organization. Uh, what did you uh, what you come up with there? So what was unique with uh, Wilcox and Workman? Both of those guys are local guys to my area. Uh, so I've seen Workman a lot, too. So they were essentially playing home games. Two future major league arms were playing their home games at Chattanooga. So uh, I heard Friday night when Wilcox pitched, it it was a 50-50 crowd. When I saw Workman pitch, it was maybe a 60 to 40% crowd, 60% for the visiting Montgomery Biscuits and 40% for the home team, the Chattanooga Lookouts. Um, Workman's a guy that I cut my teeth on. Uh, while doing some of the amateur stuff uh, f- uh, for one of the organizations that I've helped out. Uh, I saw Workman a bunch at Division II um, uh, Lee University, uh, which is located in Cleveland, Tennessee. He's a kid from Saudi Daisy High School. Uh, by the way, Cole Wilcox from Heritage High School that's in Ringgold, Georgia, which is about um, about 10, 15 minutes from the stadium. Saudi Daisy is even closer to the stadium, so like Workman's a very – a local guy uh, found out from uh, one of his uh, one of the teachers at Saudi Daisy uh, that he's a substitute teacher as well um, um, during the off season. So, like, I'm getting all the knowledge on these guys when they're uh, <laughs> when they're at home and playing against them. Um, the thing uh, about Logan Workman, uh, uh, like I said, I cut my teeth. I actually turned Logan Workman in. Uh, to the organization that was helping out. They had not had a report on him, hadn't even had his name uh, at that point. Uh, so it's kind of a um, you know a guy that I saw as a major leaguer back then who's now uh, on the cusp in double A uh, of yeah. uh, being there. Uh, suffered an oblique uh, injury in the first, I think the first pitch that he threw this year. Uh, and was on the injured list for a long time. Came back, did the rehab. Uh, he's throwing harder than he has in the past. I saw him last year. We talked about him on the podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. I had him yeah. sitting about 94, 95 in this start. Uh, uh, I thought I was wrong. I asked other other um, guns uh, previous to this. He is more like 91, 92 type guy. So <laughs> a significant velocity increase. Um with him, I think the changeups backed up a little because of that. Uh, it's just not as clean out of his hands. Uh, it, maybe a little bit of slowed arm, uh, just not as good as I saw last year. Uh, but the slider was pretty solid. Uh, it seems to have come into its own as well. So uh, Workman kind of fits in the same little box that I have Wilcox in too. Specifically with the Rays, uh, different arm, you know, kind of a different delivery with this guy. Kind of has that leg kick a la Bronson Arroyo. Uh, does not throw from the same crazy arm angles as Arroyo, but that mm-hmm. same uh, leg lift out of the stretch uh, that we don't necessarily see from anybody else. So, um, you know, again, another guy that they raised, and they just continue developing pitching. Both of these guys are probably uh, fill into that role or fill into the back of the rotation. Yeah. Uh, so, like, uh, some – some really good guys that are on that level. They also have Mason Montgomery, who struggled the lefty uh, that we covered last year. Yeah. You know, they they always have a slew of these guys. So uh, Logan Workman, probably both Wilcox and Workman are 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 uh, seven players for me at this point, but uh, definitely major leaguers. Yeah, very cool. Um, we know that you know the uh, Tampa. Uh, Tampa org, org well and so thanks for the updates on Junior Caminero, Cole Wilcox and Logan Workman um, nice. sure thing uh, what's on tap for you this week are you heading out, are you able to get out anywhere or uh, what's, uh, what's it look like? uh, both teams are out of town this week uh, I'm going to have a really busy week the week after with two organizations that haven't come come to town yet um, oh, in, um, nice. so uh, that will be previewed before uh, at the end of next episode. But uh, I'll be off this week and then very busy, probably three or four games uh, the week after. Uh, Brent, I know you've got a lot uh, going on at the site. Uh, anything, any, any, any chance of getting out to a game? 
not on my schedule at this point. Um, <laughs> we will see once we get past the trade deadline. Hopefully, we can uh, we can make amends for that and uh, get some going here in August. Uh, yeah, I apologize, everybody. We've, uh, you know, at least for me here in Georgia, I haven't had much to go look at uh, since since um, Jackson Churio and uh jefferson cuero were in town uh at the end of may like i've yeah. gone to the ballpark at like two or three times since then it's been very feast or famine especially over in uh uh the high a level where we had some guys returning some teams returning guys that i've already mm-hmm. written up or talked about on the podcast yeah. so hopefully yeah. it looks like this month of august and into september to clean up the season that i'm going to gonna uh get a lot of new looks so there's gonna be a lot of good uh content coming up from me and not just our guests so um thank you all for joining us on this week's eyes have it podcast i will be hosting our next episode with a guest uh my guest will be uh the founder of dynasty dugout and the co-host of the Toolshed podcast chris clegg who's in nearby uh greenville south carolina uh we'll be discussing some of chris's live looks this season he gets to see some high a and some low a guys where he's located uh fairly easily so it's going to be a very uh very good episode with a lot of information uh nice. yeah and and clegg's really hitting the ballpark hard this year uh i complimented him on on a um on our I guess it was a futures game simulcast that uh, he and I mm-hmm. guested mm-hmm. on for uh, uh, Matt Thompson over at Prospects Live um, and and Reese uh, White, who was on our show earlier this year. I'm going to have to get Matt Thompson on here, too. Um, but anyway, um, just uh, has really, really improved his game this year. And uh, it, he's always been a really good dynasty source, but is at park uh, scouting his I'm just looking forward to the episode. Like he's, yeah. he he can talk it, and it, that's always great to have somebody on here uh, that talks and loves talking scouting. So, yep, uh, Brent, dude. yeah, Brent and I, would, and he's going to be at base at uh, first pitch. I saw, I saw he's yep. uh, that's awesome. There. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, Brent Brent and I would love to hear from you guys. Uh, you can ask us questions at the eyes have it at baseballhq.com or reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at C underscore blessing and Brent's at Brent HQ. If you're first time listening to the eyes have it podcast, go click subscribe to get our future episodes. Also, it would be very helpful if you ranked us, uh, you know, get, get more eyes on our podcast channel. So please spread the word too. Uh, may everyone out there have a great week. Brent, uh, I hope you survived the trade deadline. Uh, thanks, Chris. You as well. And we will talk to you soon.